Don't Call Me Girl Boss is an unfiltered perspective from women small business owners. I'm your host, Jessica Buck, and I have been a small business owner for six years and counting of Sunless Ray, which is a spray tan business. I have a location in Orange County, California, and I'm currently doing mobile spray tans in Austin, Texas. I have also started selling my own online Sunless products. In this podcast, I interview like-minded women business owners who have been through all the stages of owning a business or are just starting one. I hope the stories you hear in these interviews will help you become the best version of yourself. Recently, my small business on this ray came out with our very own self-tan mousse set. Our mousse is vegan, non-toxic, meaning none of those harsh chemicals you see in other self-tanners. It is cruelty-free and has a fresh out-of-the-shower smell. You will not smell the self-tanner at all, and the best part is it is literally dry in 60 seconds, meaning it won't be on your sheets and it won't be on your clothes. Our set comes with our buildable mousse, application mitt, and exfoliating mitt. You will have everything you need to have the perfect at-home tan. For our listeners, I am doing a special promo code, GIRLBOSS, for free shipping. That is all one word, GIRLBOSS. And you can purchase our mousse on sunlessray.com. Hey guys, thank you again for choosing to listen to Don't Call Me Girl Boss. If this is your first time here, I am super glad that you found me and are willing to listen to this podcast. I have been sick for a few weeks. This is the second week now. So if I sound a little shitty, just bear with me. I am doing my best here. Um, today's guest I have on is Erin, also known on Instagram as So Stratton. She is a photographer in Austin. So she does a lot of photos for bloggers or content creators in Austin. She offers a membership program, meaning that you pay a monthly fee and get X amount of photos from her. She's the one who did my photo shoot recently in Austin. And I'm telling you right now, if you haven't done a photo shoot for your business, please do a photo shoot for your business. It is so important to have good quality photos for social media, for giveaways that you do, your you know, your LinkedIn. There's just so many reasons you need a headshot and also good photos of your service. Um, for your website, you need good quality photos. Stock photos aren't good enough. You need pictures of your face. You want pictures of you doing the service. You want It's just so important. And it honestly boosted, you know, it like, it pushed me into my business a little bit more. It got me excited again. So if you're feeling burnt out, if you're like, I'm just over it, like I'm not feeling inspired lately, you need to do a photo shoot. And I'm telling you right now, it'll step your game up, it'll make you look professional, and it'll make your Instagram look better. It doesn't have to cost a lot. You can barter with a photographer if you offer some kind of service, be like, hey, I'll do your hair, do my photos, and give me a little bit of a discount. I'm sure there's a lot of things that you can do there. You can even partner up with another beauty business girl, another business in general, split the cost. I mean, there's so many things that you can do to get this price down lower, so the money really shouldn't be an excuse for you. Uh, She also is a travel blogger, so she's traveling around Austin and showcasing different properties and getting paid to travel now. She is an influencer on social media. You can go on her Instagram and see all the cool photos she's taken and what she's been doing. She has also been designing little earrings that are super cute and selling that on her social media as well. 
I was super excited when Erin said that she would come on. She has a great story. Um, I don't know her too well, so I'm going to be learning and getting to know Erin with you. But what has she what she has told me is a very powerful story, and I think you'll get a lot from this. And I'm just really excited for you to get to know her and hear her story. And I think she has a lot to bring to the table. And without further ado, here is Erin. Um, I have just been pretty busy with photography and travel. Um, lots of fun um, like travel trips planned and my birthday is this weekend. So I'm Ooh, happy excited. almost birthday. Thanks. Yeah, I'm excited. I was supposed to be in Ireland this year. Thanks, 2020. <laughs> oh, but, that's like a dream destination for me. Yes, me too. It's number one on my list, but I will go as soon as it's safe to do so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've just been working with some brands. Really excited. I just finished my campaign with Wrangler, which is just a dream come true for me. So that was a lot of fun. Yeah, I saw that. That's amazing. You're. It's just crazy. I feel like all like Austin bloggers are just blowing up right now. Like I've seen just so many and you're definitely one of them. Oh, I love it. And I love, I love watching our community grow and celebrating in their accomplishments. It's just really important to me to, to be, be part of a community and not competition. You know, I know. Yeah. You were actually, no, you were one of the first people to actually reach out to me and be like, Hey, let's get together in Austin. And that's important. We I mean, got, <laughs> yeah, we got pokey together. <laughs> yes, it was so good too. Now I really want pokey for lunch. <laughs> I know that sounds so, good. Yes. <laughs> um. Well, just like, where did you think like this even started? Like your entrepreneurial spirit? Like, how did this even happen? Even at a young age, were you, you know, so, selling lemonade? Anything yeah, like that? <laughs> I was. Um. So whenever I was growing up. Um, you know, my parents were business managers, right? My dad owned a window and door company. And I think from a young age, it was just instilled to me to like work really hard and think outside of the box. And I remember being young and <laughs> I was very outgoing. I was not shy at all. And I would knock on my neighbor's door and tell them, I want to put on a play for you. And this is how much I charge. And I will be back later today. <laughs> and oh, I would wow. get all dressed up and do this little acting skit uh, for my neighbors. <laughs> and God, I don't know how they put up with me, but <laughs> they loved it. And I would do lemonade stands also just in my neighborhood. Um, so I think from a young age, I always just had that instilled in me to work hard and, you know, you appreciate things so much more when you work for them and they're not handed to you. Mm -hmm. And so your parents, did they both own the business or did your mom do something different? Well, my mom was stay at home mainly. Okay. Um, she passed when I was 11, but she was, oh. you know, very active in her community, was just such a great host, always um, putting other people first. And, you know, I think I get that like volunteer work and that kind of spirit definitely from her like she just instilled in me to, to serve others and to put other people first so I think I you know I get some traits from my dad and my my mom <laughs> yeah so did you go to work with your dad and kind of see his hustle or how did oh, your dad even get into that God. okay so I did so I was in I think maybe right after high school my dad was like okay why don't you come work at the plant and you know he had a window and door company so I'm thinking great yeah I'm gonna work in the office 
my dad put me in the plant, no AC, building windows. (laughs) He's like, you start just like everybody else. There is no favor here. So I did go to work with him. Um, I did not enjoy it, (laughs) but it taught me some lessons about hard work. So. Yeah. Do you think like your childhood kind of shaped who you, you you know, who you are today or anything like that? Um, absolutely. I mean, I think, I don't know how deep you want to go. <laughs> um, as deep as you want to go, it's but, totally up to you. Yeah. So man, okay. How it shaped me. Yes. I definitely think like my childhood and, um, things that I went through shaped who I am today and, you know, made me the person I am. Um, you know, man, so much stuff has happened between then and now I actually battled with suicide attempts and depression. I went through some really hard, dark stuff and trauma, um, you know, battled addiction. I lost three best friends, um, in college and also battle with post-traumatic stress, you know, depression, and anxiety, um, I actually lived in my car for a while, like when I was going through all of that. Um, Thank goodness I am now 12 years sober and thriving in life. Um, But yeah, I think going through a lot of hardships and going, you know, having nothing at a time and relying on other people and living like in an addiction. I was, you know, an alcoholic. And I think going through that and having, you know, suicide attempts, things like that. Like, I think once you're in that dark place and like, you don't see the, the light into the, the tunnel and then, you know, you hit rock bottom and wake up and it's like, I never want to go back to that place. And life is so precious and short. Um, you know, I think that impacted me as a person, but also in business. I am constantly what's next? Let's do this. I know what it's like to have nothing. I never want to be there again. And I think just that drive and, you know, going through those things is it's made me stronger. Um, and, and lots of aspects. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I know it's probably not an easy things to talk about. I've been sober for four years now, so I, Oh my God. That's that's amazing. Yeah. It's not something I ever talked about either. Yeah. So I'm not going to pretend to understand your struggle, but like I get the, right. Well, the addiction. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think everyone has their story. I also, you know, when I started my platform, I thought, you know, maybe I would talk about, you know, my addiction and I would help other people. And I do that behind the scenes. I'm still very active in that community. Um, But, you know, I didn't want to be the poster child for recovery. I don't think anyone does. You know, it's such a weird, hard topic. It's like, But I talk it's, about it and, and people will reach yeah. out to me and it's still a part of what I went through. Um, but that does not define me. Like mm-hmm. it, it shapes me in some ways. Like I'm a badass. I feel like, <laughs> I yeah, feel like you are. Any, anyone who can overcome an addiction just, man, praise to them because I know how hard it is. So... Yeah, Yeah. I I think, you know, I think that shaped me. And then, um, you know, I went to school for fashion design. (laughs) I, I worked in retail management for 10 years. I was miserable, like absolutely miserable. I was great at what I did, number one in my region, but I did not have purpose. I was still depressed. Um, what was your first memory? Just let's take it back a little bit to like the camera. Did you, were Mm. you obsessed with taking photos as a kid? 
So I wasn't. I was obsessed with being on the other side of the camera because my dad was so into photography, so film photography. In fact, I have all of his like equipment from from back then. Um, but he loved taking photos. He loved like taking photos of me and animals. And um, we had a telescope, and he, you know we'd go out and look at the stars, and he would take pictures. And um, so I've always had that that admiration and fondness. And then I think, you know, I've always like dabbled, but I had a friend who that was her thing. And I remember in fashion school, I was like, man, I really love to take a photography class. Like, I really want to do this. And I told her about it thinking, you know, she would be excited. And she was like, that's my thing. And was very <laughs> like, like rude about it. And so it discouraged me and I, di- I didn't do it. So, yeah. It's yeah. Shame. How do you think that it? <laughs> How do you think that affected you? Did that make you want to do it even more later on once maybe you guys weren't friends or what did that look like? Um, I think really I, you know, I'd put that aside. I was doing, you know, the fashion and everything. And I think, I think later after we kind of, you know, friends grow apart and stuff and she moved away, it was like, man, why, why am I going to let people dictate my life and my happiness? Like I've done that for so long in my life you know, let other people's words affect me, you know, whether it was, you know, growing up and my parents would be like, oh, is that another Aaron outfit? Because I would make my own clothes. And I was the weird one. I was the outcast. You know, I, I marched to the beat of my own drum. And so I think that just goes back to her saying that, like, I think later it was just like, no one's going to dictate me. Like, no one's going to discourage me for, you know, from doing something that I, I want to try. Yeah, what would you say to someone who's maybe going through that who, you know, whether it's family support or a friend, mm. like I do that, you can't do that. I mean, what would you yeah. tell someone? I would tell them to say, screw them. It's your life and do what makes you happy and don't let other people dictate that for you because it's no fun. It's not – you're letting other people have control over you and your happiness. And, you know, I dealt with it from, you know, different places and it all it did was bring me down. It discouraged me. It basically suffocated my spirit and my creativity. And, you know, I actually got this book called um, The Artist's Way. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's all about your, you know, spiritual path and creativity and how, you know, getting over how people have impacted you and, you know, negatively have like basically crushed your dreams. And it's such a great workbook. Anyway, I absolutely love that. So anyone listening, get that book because it is a life changer. Um, so I would tell them to, to pick up that workbook, really work through it. And don't let other people discourage you. It's your life. And like we're, we're not promised tomorrow. So do what makes you happy and stop worrying about what anybody else thinks, whether it's family because we all know we have, you know, that family that can be discouraging. There's always mm-hmm. somebody. Um, but you know, I went through that. It was, I want to do this. And, and a family member would tell me, oh no, like you're not going to art school or, you know, this is another Aaron outfit. Like that just sticks out to me so much. And it was like, God, but that, but like, they should have said, that's awesome. You made that like those encouraging words, but you know what? We can't seek that in other people. We're not going to get it. So you have to find that with you have to find that within yourself and that drive and just keep pushing. We all get discouraged, but it's, it's that drive that sets you apart and being yourself and uniquely you like 
that's the best feeling in the world is to, it, it's freeing. And whenever, you know, like I was on my own, I stopped caring about how other people wanted me to be or try and put me in this box. I don't fit in a box. <laughs> like I've never fit in a box and that's okay. And I'm starting to, and I have been starting to embrace that and show that. And it's well-received. I think everyone can relate. Like everybody wants to be able to be themselves and be comfortable. So. Yeah, I agree. And I feel like we're getting into the world where you really can be who you want to be. And yes, it's almost, it's encouraged and respected Absolutely. now. Absolutely. Yeah. Wasn't so much in high school. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of high school, like how was yeah. your experience with high school? Did you experience me and girls there? I mean, yeah, how I was mean- that for you? I think, you know, I was like the artsy kid that was a loner. I was a very angry kid. I was a very depressed kid, you know, losing my mom and uh, just going through some other trauma in my life. I was, you know, the kid that acted out, that was rebellious. Um, I did what I wanted to and I didn't care, you know, how it impacted my school or my family. And, you know, I actually started drinking at a young age. I was, you know, in high school going to bars, um, getting into bars. Where did you grow up? Were you in Texas? This was in Louisiana. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Lafayette, Louisiana. And um, so I think I just rebelled at a very young age and never felt like I fit in or was accepted. Um, I didn't have many friends. Um, You know, I had like a a little handful Um, but I would say just, I was just angry, (laughs) I was angry at the world. And, you know, I was just this little loner girl, little skater girl. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Do you have any like good stories that really like from your childhood or even your high school career that you can remember or you want to talk about or anything like that? Like good experiences? It could be anything like that kind of just like shaped you or I just feel like mm-hmm. your childhood and your high school career just as far away from you get from it. It's still always a part of you. And we have such yeah. great stories and defining moments in those years that we carry through to today. And sometimes we don't even realize it. Yeah. I mean, I think there's definitely some trauma that I've carried. Um, we we don't have to get into that. <laughs> but yeah. I think as far as, you know, things from them that shape me, obviously my mom passing away. Um, when I was 11. So it was, you know, a a very big adjustment. And I also went to three different high schools. Um, you know, like, were you guys traveling a lot or no, it was in the same city. It was, it was me acting out in school and, you know, being pulled from public school where there was a lot of negative influence in my life to being put in private school. Um, and I did, I got a better education in, in my private school and, you know, shaped up a little (laughs) yeah maybe that's where you were meant to be that private school you know yeah yeah I definitely definitely needed to be there (laughs) (laughs) what was your first paying job did you have like a good job in high school or like a part-time job yes so yeah I worked as soon as I could work and my first job I it was fun I loved it I was a marionette puppeteer at a little theater in the mall so I did, the, you know, we'd put on shows and I would do the marionette puppets and learned how to do the puppets and stuff. And it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, that was my first job. And then from there, of course, like I knew I wanted to go into fashion. And so I worked at fabric stores, which were amazing because I got all of the discounted fabric so I could make whatever I wanted. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's the best advice you would give your younger self? 
Oh my God. <laughs> okay. Best advice I would give my younger self. Um, well, first off, I would tell myself that life gets better and to embrace your uniqueness, not let others' opinions hold you down. Don't drink. <laughs> Um, don't even pick up that first drink. It's not worth it. Um, and travel as much as possible, go everywhere, see everything. Um, you know, don't let anything, find anything, hold you back. Um, go and see the world, experience different cultures and serve others. That's what I would tell myself. Did you, so you went to college. Where'd you go to college at? Uh, university of Louisiana at Lafayette. Okay, so you stayed at your hometown, lived at home. No, did you do the I dorm did not thing or live anything? At home. Oh yeah, I did the dorm. I kind of got out as quick as possible. I was so ready to be on my own and, you know, out from under the roof of my parents. So yeah, I did the dorm. I had an apartment for a while. Um, yeah. And then what was your plan? It was to go to college and get your fashion degree and then become like a clothing designer. Yeah, I, I thought that that's what I wanted to do. Um, you know, I, I kind of was lost during college. There was a lot of times like I battled with anxiety and depression in those times. Those are like really dark times. There was a lot of self-mutilating and, and, you know, missing class and drinking every single day. So college is kind of a bit of a blur. Um, I would drink till I was blackout drunk um, and miss a lot of classes. But yeah, that was the plan. I wanted to go to school for fashion and, um, that was really all, all, all I thought I wanted to do. Um, I actually started college late because, you know, I didn't have my stuff together. <laughs> so how did you even overcome that? Or how did you continue going to class, get your degree and have all, you know, the alcohol, alcoholic issues? Like, how did you deal with all that? How did you manage God, that? I don't, I don't even know. Like, I don't even know how I, you know, manage to drink every single night and still wake up for work or, or school. Um, I think, you know, I, I left UL and came to Austin and went to the school, Austin Fashion Design School here. Um, okay, so you left UL. I left, and then I left UL. Like, I, I didn't finish there. Um, obviously, like, my addiction got in the way. And I thought, you know, if I moved to Austin, things would be – all my problems would go away. And I ended up, um, like, actually after I got sober going to Austin School of Fashion Design. Okay, so when you moved – why Austin? I actually had never been here before. Um, I had a friend who moved here and was like, Aaron, you would love it. It's so artsy. You would be so accepted here. You know, I came from a small minded town and like, you know, the girl that had the lip ring and blue hair wasn't really <laughs> going to fit in. <laughs> um, and so I was working for a company. So I wasn't in school. I was working for a company. It was a car company. It was, we did like custom leathers and stuff on a car. Well, they took us to Las Vegas for a SEMA car convention and our boss was just horrible. And my friend who also worked there, he was like, this is ridiculous. We shouldn't be treated like this. And we decided on the plane ride home from Vegas, we were going to pack up everything in our apartment and go to Austin with no plan. So we literally got home and within two days, we had all of our stuff packed up and we drove to Austin and stayed with friends. Until we could okay, get so play. you dropped out and then continued living in Louisiana a little bit and then got the job and we're like, okay, we need a change and moved. Then you moved to Austin? Yeah, spontaneously just moved to Austin. I had never been here before, but I remember when I got here thinking, oh my God, like I'm home. I fit it. Like this is so artsy. This is my vibe. And 
I, I, you know, I remember us like driving or the first week in Austin, people were like walking and we'd roll down the window and I'm like, we're like, you're cool. You're awesome. Like <laughs> <laughs> we love Austin. Um, so yeah, that's how I got here. Was it a hard decision to leave college God, or no. was that an easy decision? Um, I think I didn't really have a choice, you know, I was battling my addiction so hard. I wasn't really. I think I was disappointed in myself, but not enough to to stop the lifestyle I was living. Yeah. So you come I, to Austin and what does mm-hmm. that look like? Um, so I get to Austin and I'm so I'm still in my addiction when we move here. So I'm not sober yet. And um I thought all my problems would go away in Austin, new city. Well, no, they just followed me because I was still the same person. <laughs> and so I hit rock bottom here. I had something really traumatic happened that impacted me. Um, I was actually, I wrecked my car drinking and driving and yeah, like that's like my worst moment I feel like in my life and something I'm, I've carried a lot of shame and guilt around, but I wrecked my car and totaled it. I broke my pelvis and my tailbone in the accident. Um, I had actually had a designated driver that night and they drove me in my car to my house. They left me in my car because I wanted to listen to music. And I don't even remember getting behind the wheel and driving. So I, yeah, wrecked my car. And that was rock bottom. That was actually the last time I ever took a sip of alcohol. And that was February 25th, 2008. Well, thank you for sharing that. I know it's not easy to share. And I just want you to know that's something that you shouldn't carry shame. That's something that happens. I've actually gotten a DUI before yeah. and I got in an accident. I didn't total my car, but I had friends in the car and that could have easily happened. Yeah. And yeah. it's it just, these are defining moments. Like I'll never forget that moment in my life. Right. But I continued to drink. That wasn't my rock bottom, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, I was, so, you know, I, I think that that's what it took for my, it was either that or I was going to end up in a body bag. I mean, I didn't think I would live to be 30 and, um, here I am. And, you know, God, the universe definitely had different plans for my life and I'm, I'm truly grateful. And that's why I, I try not to take any day for granted. And I think that's why, um, I also am the way I am. I think, you know, I, I don't take things for granted. I, I feel like life is a gift now. And I could have very easily, you know, not been here to experience all of the amazing things I've experienced since getting sober. I mean, it's just, it's phenomenal. So yeah, I went through, it was very horrible, but like, I think that's honestly, that's what it took. Um, how was your relationships during that time? Was it super hard to maintain that? Was <laughs> during what (laughs) which time before you know when you're going through your addiction just moving to austin with your family like how horrible it was absolutely horrible um i you know i think everyone had given up on me and no i don't i don't think everyone gave up on me and i you know i can't blame them i no one knew how to handle me no one knew how to get me well they were scared. I remember my sister busting into my um, window at my apartment because I tried to hang myself with a vacuum cleaner cord. Oh my gosh! I'm... So, so relationships weren't weren't good. I was sick, and I needed help. And I remember going to my family for help. Um, and you know, I was, I was cutting, and I, I did not know how to get rid of the hurt inside of me. I didn't know how to deal with things and and my anxiety and 
So I, I used alcohol to basically self-medicate. And um, I remember going to my family and saying, like, I need help. And they were in denial. And they just said, you know, oh, my God, that's so trendy. Like that I was self-mutilating. And I was just like, like, I think what you want. Like, I need help. Like, I'm not going to, like, live. <laughs> I don't think you understand. And I just remember feeling, like, not heard. And um, as far as, like, relationships with, you know, guys, oh, God. Like, I was I was horrible during that time. And, you know, I, I definitely put alcohol first. I remember, you know, I told you about the guy I moved to Austin with. Bless his heart. We're still friends. Thank God. <laughs> um, he's an amazing guy. But I remember you know, him taking my keys one night and I wanted to go get more alcohol and I kicked him down the stairs. I, so not good. I was not the person I am today then. And, um, so it was hard with relationships, jobs, everything. Um, I was very lost. What would you say to someone going through this? Like, what are some tools? Oh, I know these are very dark topics to talk about. Yeah. Some yeah, sorry guys. Can some, we can lighten it up. No, <laughs> some resources. Maybe someone going through some, you yeah. know, anything like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so several things that are great that you know I found. Um, don't be afraid of rehab. Do not be afraid of. Oh, I'm going to lose my job. I go to rehab. Oh, I can't afford it. No, make it happen. It's your life. Fight for it. Get yourself into a facility. Um, I went to rehab and it saved my life. It was great. I got to go to therapy, like huge believer in therapy here. Just saying, um, find a therapist, start disconnecting from people who are not healthy for you. And that's a very hard thing to do. Um, also I do remember, and I'll just input this. I remember going to a church and being very discouraged because I was like, I need help. Are there any, you know, like, how can you help me? They're like, well, there's a homeless shelter. (laughs) (laughs) nobody in recovery or addiction should ever go to a place for help and they don't have the resources and they tell them, well, there's a homeless shelter that should never be said. And I remember being so angry at that time that like go to a homeless. So I, I feel like there are so many resources out there that, you know, churches, places where people who are hurting would go that they need to have. Um, I went to a program here in Austin and it was inpatient. I had tried outpatient before and that just didn't work. I just made buddies who I went and drank with afterwards. Um, and I think everyone is different. Um, AA is a great tool. It works for some people. It, you know, it's not for everybody and there's no right or wrong way in your recovery. Um, you know, you, but get help how, whatever it takes. And if someone's listening and they need help, call me. I partner with people. There's, um, clean calls here in Austin, Texas. They get people into sober living homes and I will connect you with them. They're a phenomenal organization and they will pay for your sober living. If you need to detox, we will handle it. Thank you for sharing that. I think it's very powerful. I think it is very important to know if you are listening to this and are going through some struggles that there are people who are more than happy to help and talk about their story and share it with you. And there's also a suicide hotline. Um, And I know a lot of people don't talk about suicide and maybe it just goes through their head. Um, But if you have those feelings, 
you're so worth living and like life gets better. And even though you don't see the light at the end of the tunnel, it's there, honey. And it's beautiful. So keep fighting. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, so we're in Austin. We're sober. Yeah. What's, what's next for you? Uh, next is, you know, figuring out who Aaron is without alcohol and being Isn't able interesting? to, you, you become, you, you really, I had to relearn who I am yes. when I got sober. Yes, it, it is. And it's, people don't understand that. And it's, um, it's a journey and it's, you know, I look, it's such a beautiful journey though. Um, it's such a beautiful journey. I, I met so many amazing people who helped me and believed in me and lifted me up. Um, but yeah, I went to fashion school. I started working three jobs so that, you know, I could support myself. I didn't need help from anybody. I threw myself into work, um, worked my way up really quick in, in my company. And where were you working? Um, I was working in retail. So I became a retail manager and um, a very high volume sunglass store. So I quickly moved up, quickly became number one in my region and just threw myself into work. And, but also was still, you know, making sure I was making time for my therapy. I was making time to find things that I enjoy. I never felt like I was good at anything. I never found my niche, you know, like I'm not good at this. I'd pick something up and, oh, this isn't for me. And I just had to try everything. And I encourage everyone to don't be afraid to try things like, oh, I'm not going to be good at it. So what? Just try it. And I think I went through a lot of that, um, just trying to figure out, you know, who is Erin? What does she like without anybody else's input? Oh, I want to try this. Cool. I'm going to go do it. And I'm going to do it on my own. So I think there was and a so lot was of one of the things was photography. Mm. So photography actually came about by working at the sun cl- sunglass place. Um, I've always had a love for volunteer work and mission work. And with the company that I was working for, and there's an organization that helps people all around the world get access to vision care who can't afford it or don't otherwise like have access to it. And you can apply to go on these trips and you go and you, you know, I, I actually went to another location that wasn't sunglasses and I learned how to make a pair of prescription glasses from start to finish because I wanted to. Um, I just wanted to know how to do it. Um, and so I learned that I was chosen, which like only a certain like number of people are chosen to go in these clinics. And I was chosen and they decided, you know, oh, you know, she has Instagram. She's really familiar with like social media they decided I should be in a leadership role and be the social media and storytelling captain and it was a role that was perfect for me I went on my first clinic south side Chicago most one of the most life-changing moments in my life and we went and all of the south side public Chicago schools and like the most horrible of horrible neighborhoods, you know, we got to go and give these kids access to vision care when they didn't have it. There are some kids who like, they could barely see the chalkboard and were there changing their life. Like now they can see, now they can then focus on other stuff. These kids have enough to worry about. 
And I think the most impactful moment of that trip that, you know, just kept me, you know, yearning for more and more of these trips was there was um, a 17 year old boy and he got glasses. He was really excited. And the weather had just got really nice when we were there because it was a little cold and rainy before. And I asked him, I said, hey, man, what are you going to do this weekend? You're going to enjoy some outdoors and enjoy this weather. And he looked at me and he said, we, we don't go outside. They shoot. Hmm. I lost it. I had to turn my back to the kid as I just bawled my eyes out. And I was like, this is not okay. Like, no child. And so I think that just impacted me to want to get these kids' stories to capture these, these amazing experiences of this organization. And I just fell in love. And they continued to ask me back on clinics. And I fell in love with photography. I got to photograph these people who were so impacted and get their stories, whether it was, you know, about their experience with, you know, getting the vision care or just their life experiences. Um, I went to, I was supposed to go to China and because of their government and stuff that got canceled. And I ended up in Oaxaca, Mexico on a clinic. Um, Phenomenal. It was just amazing. We had indigenous people even come. And I got to learn about them, learn about their culture. And I just, I fell in love. And then, you know, I got to go to different, different clinics also. Like there was Fish Kill New York. And so I fell in love with it. And I get home, you know, first clinic, I'm like, I want to do this full time. (laughs) No, and I, you know, everyone's like, oh my God, Aaron, like you're crazy. Like, no, you're just on like, you know, clinic high. Like, and I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like, I want to do this. And so I began trying to come up with a plan to leave my job and do more of photography and what I love. And I ended up volunteering with the Dell's Children Hospital for their prom. I got to go there and volunteer with the kids. And then I ended up, you know, and and all in the meanwhile, I'm still like dabbling photography. And, you know, my husband treats me to my first camera for my birthday. And it just opens a whole new world for me. And I start teaching um, or help teaching with the Pablo Foundation, which teaches kids with cancer photography. We give them their own DSL camera, give them a creative outlet you know, while they're going through chemo and all this other hard stuff in their life. Um, so I just fell in love and, you know, I started posting some of my photos on my Instagram and meanwhile, you know, still working full-time job that I'm not happy at and people start noticing me. I'm like, what? Like people are like, I want to work with you. I want to, you know, how much do you charge all this? And I'm like, wow. Okay. Um, this is amazing. <laughs> and I, just started that way. And, um, you know, very early on in my, my career, um, I don't even think I had gotten my LLC and stuff yet, but I had Reka from Reka beauty reach out to me. Um, she's a local Austinite and has a, um, skincare line. And she was like, Oh yeah, I want to, I want you to do some photos. And I'm thinking, yeah, you know, like lifestyle pictures. Uh, I've been doing that with some bloggers. Um, and that was kind of my niche at the time. And so I meet with her for lunch and she sits me down and she's like, yeah, yeah, okay. I want this. I'm launching this line. And she goes, by the way, this is for Macy's. <laughs> <laughs> I'm floored. I am just like, wait, like the Macy's, like Macy's department store, like my pictures are going to be in Macy's. 
And then I was like, you know what? I can do this. I can do this. I'm going to go for it. And I um, decided I I actually left work for some health reasons for a while um, or took like FMLA. And so I was out of there for a while. And I I just was like, I'm miserable there. Like, what am I doing? Life's too short. And I sat down with my husband. I'm like, look, I'm like making good money doing this on the side. This is my passion. He was like, yeah, give your notice. We'll get your LLC. We'll get you all of this. We'll get you set up. That's awesome that he was that supportive. Yeah, absolutely. How did you guys end up meeting? Um, we were on a blind date, actually. Um, yeah, my friend. Um, so, like, what we met in t- 2012. My friend set us up. She had to go and buy a new car. Um, CJ, my husband, works at a dealership. Um, at the time, he was in sales, sold her her car. And for some reason, and this is a friend, like, from Louisiana, granted, who had moved here first, <laughs> never set me up with anybody. <laughs> she said she just had a feeling that we should meet, which is, like, the weirdest thing ever. And come to find out, <laughs> she was right. Um, he... So my patient was like, oh, yeah, give her my number. And, you know, she messages me and is like, you know, I met this guy. I'm like, uh-uh. Like, no, I'm good. I'm, like, working on me. I don't need a, a guy. And um, Anyway, I gave him a chance. And we had dinner. And we've been together every day since. He, my husband's amazing. He actually used to be a substance abuse counselor. And now he's finance a dealership. Um. But it was amazing, you know, my husband doesn't, you know, he's sober also. So it's just incredible the way that God, the universe just kind of came together. Yeah, it's a beautiful story. So you get your LLC and then yeah. you quit your job. And how did you get your clients? How did that, did it just kind of all yeah. word of mouth? Um, a lot of it. Like, so I would say 90% of my business um, comes from Instagram. Um, especially in the beginning. So I decided, oh man, there's like a great need for influencers to have photos taken. And I love, love that. I love lifestyle photos. I love being creative and, you know, creating eye-catching stuff. And of course I love fashion. I love working with different brands. (laughs) So I started shooting and I think in, in the beginning too, I started shooting Dre from Time of Dre. If you don't follow her, go and do that now because she is amazing and she's one of my best friends. (laughs) Um, But I started shooting for her before she became Time and Dre. I think she was affordable ATX at the time. And we got together and hit it off and um, I did some photos for her and people started coming in from that. Um, And a few other bloggers, I did um, C. Presso, who is a huge makeup um, blogger. And she's actually like her pictures are in Sally's beauty. She's, she's amazing. Um, but I started shooting for her and like people were loving the photos and that's, that's kind of how it came about. And then I decided, and something that sets me apart that my husband is actually his idea. I can't take credit, but I started offering subscription packages for bloggers and small businesses. So every month they'll have content and they save money the more months they get. 
so he came up with that and I'm like, that is amazing. I've never heard of that before. And so I started a subscription service. So these bloggers could have content for every single month and they would get it at a discounted price because they would get multiple sessions. And then I had small businesses reach out to me that also wanted me to shoot for them. Lifestyle photos in their clothing. Um, you know, I worked with uh, Lore by YF in Austin and Urban Cottage. So that's that's just kind of how it all came about. And then I was published in three magazines so far, which is like, it's so humbling to see your work <laughs> in a magazine, like in print. It's just, I don't know, it, it's humbling and exciting. No, that is amazing for sure. <clears throat> so it's going well. How yeah. was this like, did it take off right away or is this kind of just like an evolution it, of like, no, it's uh, like, I, I mean, it, it progressively took off. I think, you know, getting published in Macy's and, and that really helped, but also I feel like it's how I marketed myself. Like I didn't just sit around and wait for people to come. I was talking with people, letting them know I was advertising my services. I was sharing. How my were you advertising? Instagram. Instagram, so you would just, like, create a post or were you, like, uh, boosting posts? Um, I was just creating posts. I was reaching out to local bloggers and small businesses and introducing myself, letting them know what I did. Um, People were coming to me who saw, you know, people like Dre's photos and stuff. They're like, oh, my God, I love it. Like, I want to hire you. Um, Were you doing a lot of free services in the beginning? No. No? That's Um, good. No, not free. Um, But cheap. (laughs) really cheap like very a lot of work for not a lot of money but I think that you know when we start out it's kind of it kind of is like that you kind of have to get your name out there and now I'm actually doing mentorship so I'm actually the people who are like I'm working for free I have a mentorship program and I'm telling them you know like here this how you this is the business side of it this is this and I take them under my wing and it's pretty incredible because it's like I've already went through all of these like ups and downs and like hurdles I don't want other people to have to go through that like I'm here yeah what are some of the biggest hurdles Mm. not having a contract at first (laughs) no that is like the biggest no-no in photography whether I don't care if it's like your brother have a contract (laughs) um I think it's little things like that when people are starting out that they don't think about or working for super cheap that like your stuff's going to be on a billboard and you're like, I want to do this. No, no, no. Like know your worth. Um, I think that, you know, those things were hurdles. Um, Comparison. You know, I think a lot of us struggle with like, oh my God, well, comparing yourself to other people. Well, I'm not there yet or they're doing this and I, you know. I, that's just not worth your your energy or your your brain capacity. <laughs> yeah. What is like the first days of your business look like? So were you taking photos every day, or was um, it? Yeah. Well, a since, lot of it's a lot of editing, right? Yeah. But since I was like still working my full time job, it was like I would do two sessions a week. And before the pandemic, I was shooting almost every single day, and sometimes multiple times a day. So I was thriving before the pandemic. Um, and also like, I, not only am I, I'm doing photography, but I'm also doing influencing. I hate that term influencing, but I'm <laughs> working, I'm content creating for brands. Um, who takes so, your photos? 
Okay. So sometimes I will set up a tripod. Sometimes my husband does it. Sometimes my friends will. Like, um, you know, like Dre and Lindsay, if you don't follow Lindsay, One Girl Wondering, she's phenomenal. Um, she's an amazing travel blogger, but they will take each other's photos when we go on um, sponsored trips and stuff. We have our own little girl group that we like to travel and um, highlight different hotels and businesses um, and cities. And so they'll take them while we're there. And then I just edit them. <laughs> yeah. How did you go from photography to influencing? Oh, gosh. I think it just kind of – I don't know how it just kind of went hand in hand for me, but I loved working with certain brands. And people loved seeing my face on my page <laughs> more than, like, just photos of other people that they don't know. Like, they wanted to know me. And I started seeing that more and more. These posts with, like, me are doing better. And, yes, where people love seeing the photography, maybe that's better for, like, stories or trinkled in. And brands kept reaching out to me. Hey, you know, blah, blah, blah. We want you to work with us. And I loved it. I was like, what? Okay, this is great. Like, but I'm very, very picky about who I work with. Extremely picky. Like, and by the way, guys, it's okay to turn stuff down. Like, I'm not going to work for a (laughs) t-shirt. Here's a t-shirt. I want you to do all this work. No, know your worth and um, have a rate sheet. And, you know, Dre helped me with my rate sheet and my uh, media kit. And so I just started pitching. I started pitching um, cities because I love travel. Obviously, I started photography by doing traveling, um, you know, with the organization. And I've always had a love for travel. So I started, you know, visitor bureaus, things like that started like following me. And I'm like, oh, hey, here's what I can do for you. Not only am I an influencer, but what sets me apart is I'm a professional photographer. I can get you professional photos to help promote your city, your town, your hotel, whatever it is. Like I'm not taking it with my cell phone. This is you will get high quality, high resolution images. And I think, you know, pitching myself in that way, not only to cities, but to brands, you know, Wrangler wanting to, to buy my photos, like, that's just another example. So I think it's kind of hand in hand, or at least for me, it just kind of goes with my interests. Um, like I work with Mod Cloth, uh, favorite, favorite clothing company there. And I, I'm choosy about who I work with. I, you know, I chose Mod Cloth because they're diverse. They have um, a diverse group of people that are featured on their page from size to race. And that's very important to me when working with a brand. And they give back. Yeah. What is some of your like biggest fall on your face moment? What's been like the biggest struggle with your business? What are like some of the hardships that you've had to go through? That is a good question. Um, I think just organizing everything in the beginning, you know, I was working a full-time job and trying to get everything together. And so I think, I think when it came down to it, it was, you know, not having a contract in the beginning and not being organized. Like I was just, I didn't know how much was coming in and how much was going out for my business. And I was in business management. Like I should know these things. I should be doing them. Um, and so that, I think that was like one of the first, like, I think that's the main hurdle and not having a, um, platform to help book sessions and to like keep track of all of that. 
Um, but I, all of that is perfect now. Um, my husband actually helped me make a spreadsheet for my income and expenses. And then I use a platform called HoneyBook. And I highly, highly recommend HoneyBook if you're a photographer. It is phenomenal. You can – it has um, – like sample contracts you can use and like create to make your own. It sends out reminders. It has the invoice. You can set up everything on there and it's just been a lifesaver. So it keeps everything organized. Yeah. Um, if someone wanted to get into what you're doing today, how, what would you tell them to do? Yeah, that's a great question. And I'm actually meeting with somebody who has that question today. Um, <sighs> who is, you know, just starting out. But I think number one, uh, find a mentor. Um, I know when I started out, I had an amazing mentor who's a photographer here in Austin. And she took me under her wing. And I just learned so much from her. And also, like, don't be afraid to <laughs> invest in yourself whether it's classes, I've invested in lots of photography classes. I recommend precision camera for that. Like great, great, great classes and invest in a mentorship. If there's a photographer who you admire, like you see what they're doing and you're just like, man, see if they have a mentorship and don't be afraid because all that money will come back with the knowledge that you're going to get and the help that you're going to get. Um, and I would say, yeah, I mean, I think those two main things and also community network, start reaching out to people and like genuinely, you know, getting to know people in your community. Yeah. And then you touched on COVID a little bit. How has that affected you? We'll just dive, talk about that briefly. I know it's like the biggest elephant well, in the room, but <laughs> how COVID has affected me. God, um, <laughs> COVID, this is just the worst year, right? Can we just all agree that 2020 is a shit show? Can I say that? It's Sorry. the worst. Shit you show. can say shit show. You can okay. say whatever. But yes, <laughs> it sucks. Show. I'm so oh. over this year. I, you know, COVID, I lost one of my best friends during COVID. I And that impacted me. But I, I guess as far as business, we're talking about business here. Um, COVID impacted my business because, like I said, I was thriving. I was so I was booked up. I was, like, having to have assistance. And which is amazing. And I was so happy. And then COVID hit and it was like, bam, everyone's at home. Nobody, you know, like no one's hiring a photographer. But what I did do, which is pretty cool during COVID is I'm sure you've seen people do this in photographers. I started doing front porch sessions for my neighborhood and I went on our neighborhood page and I said, I am offering free front porch sessions to bring a little joy to y'all's lives. Have some, uh, nice photos of your family donations are accepted but not you know they're not required and I just shot probably 30 to 40 neighbors and you know at a social distance and it was amazing and I got to do headshots for some of them who have lost their jobs so it made me feel really good to be able to give back to my neighbors during that time and I also know that those people when they need Christmas photos uh, you know, any other photos, engagements, I know that they're going to come to me. Yeah. So I think that 100%. that was, you know, that was just something I did during COVID and I did photo challenges on Instagram to still be creative and show people that, you know, creativity is not limited to lo by location. Yeah. Um, I remember seeing yeah, some of those. I, those were super fun. Yeah, it was a lot <laughs> of fun. Um, but I think, yeah, I think it's impacted a lot of us and especially, you know, me who I, I work with a lot of businesses and you know if they're closed I'm not 
able to work with them. Um, but I think I'm starting to see definitely an uptick now, which is, which is great. I'm still booking steady and I, I'm booked up for September, which is great. And I'm booking into October and November. Um, and I'm also like, I started making earrings and selling them during the pandemic <laughs> because what mm-hmm. else was I going to do? Um, and those kind of took off. So that's just another little errand business that's fun and I enjoy doing. <laughs> yeah. How do you stay motivated for all of this? I have to be busy. Um, I think I just, I thrive in that environment. I thrive being busy. I thrive um, throwing myself into my work and my passions. Um, so I think that's just something I I just have in me. It's just you know, I, I never want to go back to being depressed and like staying in bed all day. So I get up, brush my teeth, wash my face, put on my big girl panties and I get shit done. Yeah. What is, what are your goals? Like, where do you see your business going in a year, two years? Like what is the dream? Ooh, dream. I would love to do more travel photography like I've been doing, but on a higher scale. Um, Right. I want to, so several things. So one with the photography, obviously I want to do more travel photography and I already have a lot of that, like some stuff already booked up. So I'm still doing that, but I'd like to do it on a higher scale. I would like to work with more of my dream brands. Like, you know, uh, you know, I worked with Wrangler, but there are a few others that are just dream brands that I, I what are, love. what are those? What are your dream brands? I almost don't want to say it. Like I don't want to jinx them. No, you're supposed uh, to put it into the universe. So it comes I put to it in the universe. Um, like there's just there's just a few we'll just leave it at, we'll leave it at that I don't want to I don't want to put it out there just yet I know yeah I'm I manifested it at home and <laughs> you know what's funny is um I think you, yeah you did a exploring Amanda was on the podcast mm-hmm. and I will never forget I went to a blogger meetup with and she was there and, and we had already hung out and we're pals and this was before I left my full-time job but I was photographing this event um was hired to photograph this blogger event and, you know, I was just talking, she's like, how's it going with the photography and everything? And I'm like, it's great. I really want to do this full time. Like, this is a dream. And she goes, Aaron, manifest the fuck out of that shit. <laughs> I can so picture funny. her literally grabbing yeah. you and saying that. It'd but be for- so deliberate and like every yes. part of her body means it. <laughs> yes. But for some reason that just like stuck with me hard and it was like I am I'm gonna manifest the fuck out of this shit and obviously like I've been doing that and it's it's been great um but yeah working with more of my dream brands um I mean I'd love to be published in like a Vogue magazine but you know hey dream big right hey we'll put yeah that um one day maybe you, you know you never know um you do never know <laughs> I would love to take on more um mentees with my mentorship I really feel like it's so important to pour into people and, and I love teaching people. I love sharing like what I've learned and what's helped me so that they don't have to go through the struggles that I went through. Um, and so I think, yeah, I, I would love to see myself doing more of that. Um, I'd also really love to start my own nonprofit. Um, that has been a dream of mine for many, many, many years. And we actually have the paperwork here at home. Um, and we just not followed through with it just yet. Um, but yeah, I would, I'd love to see that come through. What would the nonprofit be for? There are actually a a few ideas. 
for a nonprofit. Um, one of them being a summer camp. So we'd have land and we'd have a summer camp for children who have lost either parents or children of addicts and maybe if their parents are incarcerated. So a safe place, um, a safe place where it's safe for any child to be themselves, regardless of anything, any background, sexuality, race, anything like a safe place where they would come and be kids, you know, but just have a safe place and have art classes, horseback riding, you know, it'd be great if there was a pond to do fishing and just, you know, kind of get them out of a, a, an environment and give them some, some joy and some hope and maybe have a few classes that will help them cope with some things. Um, art therapy is an amazing coping mechanism for, for children and adults alike. Um, so that was one idea that we've been tossing around for a few years. Um, and also, I wouldn't mind, and I know there's other places because I donate to them, but I know one thing after like coming out of rehab and knowing people that you know were struggling was getting them interview skills and clothing, right? Mm-hmm. And I know like yeah. there's Dress for Success for some other organizations, but I'd love to have like Aaron's Closet. And that'd be super have, cute. Yeah, just have clothing for them to go on interviews and to like set them up for success. And um, but also not just like stop there, don't just come and get clothes. Like, I feel like being in business management for so many years, I have conducted so many interviews that I'd like to say I'm an expert at interviewing. And I would love to be able to teach them interview skills. And how to, if, if a question arises, like if somebody, let's say they have a felony or, you know, their, their history is on their record of addiction, how to approach businesses about that and how to talk about it and how to present yourself in a way to get the job. So I think that's another one that um, is definitely high on the list of what I want to do. So it is all in the, in the brainstorming motion, but we've even looked at like property and stuff. So I love both of those ideas. So (laughs) let me know and I'll volunteer. So whichever one you end up doing. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Yeah. What are some like your best apps, resources, software you use? I know you mentioned HoneyBook, but is there any other like Instagram ones? Yes. Okay. So I use Lightroom for editing and I have my own custom presets, which I am actually launching soon. So people will be able to purchase those. Um, um, so I use Lightroom, I use Photoshop, and then um, HoneyBook, absolutely 100%, like, rely on that. Um, I also, like, use some fun, like, phone apps every now and then. And the ones I would recommend for that are going to, oh, Preview app. Preview or Planoly. If you have an Instagram account, you need those. It helps schedule everything out. You can move the photos around so it looks cohesive, which is so important. And I tell my clients that all the time. And that's why many, many, most of them rebook with me because they want a cohesive aesthetic. Um, Mm -hmm. So definitely Planoly or Preview for that. And then other apps I love playing with are Pixaloop. You can like change the sky of a background, make things move. I'm doing smoke bomb sessions, so stay tuned for that. But some of the smoke will move because I'm going to use Pixie Loop. Um, hmm. Is yeah. it Pixie P I P I Z Y? It's P I X A L O O P. Okay, perfect. And it's so fun. And then I also for video, 
which I don't do too much of, but sometimes properties or businesses will want some B-roll or like short videos. I use InShot and it's so, so user-friendly. It is just, it's amazing. It's better than trying to go on my computer and use the, you know, like the Photoshop uh, software and stuff that Adobe has. So I recommend InShot. Super easy. You can do it on your phone. But yeah, those are the Perfect. those are the apps I would recommend. And then who is someone that you look up to? Mm. This is a great question. So I I feel like I look up to anyone who has turned their life around, whether it be from trauma um, or addiction. So I look up to anybody who has overcome things and turned their life around. And then Audrey Hepburn. I have looked up to Audrey for forever. And the reason why Audrey Hepburn is because she is so, she was so giving and amazing and she served and she volunteered and she just was just the essence of what I feel like an amazing woman looks like. And I know um, one of her quotes is, you know, you have two hands, you know, one for helping yourself and one for helping others. And I have that quote written upstairs in my art room. And it's something that just inspires me daily. It's like, you know, I, I have a heart for serving others. And she did. So I definitely look up to her for that. Yeah. And her, that's a- <laughs> and her Of course. Yes. <sighs> and then did you have any questions for me? Yes. Okay. I want to ask you because I'm obviously very passionate about travel. If you could travel anywhere in the entire world, where would it be? And why? Oh, my gosh. So my boyfriend is really wanting to – for us to have a business online and be able to travel anywhere. That's, like, his biggest goal in life is just yes. to be able to travel and take our son. That's mine. <laughs> That's his dream. So everything that we're doing now, moving to Texas, all that has to do with that dream of his. Right. So there's so many places we want to go. But my number one is oh, – gosh – it's probably England because yes. <laughs> I had fam. I, my dad was born in England actually. And my grandpa has an English accent. We oh have a God, ton of family amazing. over. Yeah. We have a ton of family over that, that I've never even met. <gasps> and I, I'm obsessed with history and Kings and Queens. Like I read a lot. <laughs> I read all of those books. This is why Philippa we're Gregory. Yes. All of her books are amazing. I love all of those shows, just everything. So I'm just obsessed with history just to be able to go into those buildings and just like touch the walls and just like feel the history like yes that's what I want to do I love that that's you know that's me with Ireland and England definitely but my Ireland grand- yeah my grandparents Both are those places Ireland. yeah okay and so I, I definitely oh I'm supposed to be there actually right this second but that's okay <laughs> well now you're on the we'll podcast get, we'll get talk we're talking about hey. it <laughs> yeah but so yeah, that's probably I, one I of my dreams awesome. for sure And, you know, not a question, but I just admire you so much. You know, you started your own business. I'm just, I'm proud of you. And I'm so glad you're in Austin. I'm so glad that our paths connected. And I love working with you. I love partnering with you with, you know, um, you know, our services, which is amazing. You know, clients can get a spray tan and, and photos and yeah, something is not confidence. Yeah, that is something that we're doing together. They get a free spray tan when they do a session with you, which is super fun. And then I get high quality photos. So this is a great plug in for like a business tip is 
to connect with other business yes. owners. Like that's the best way to grow your collaborate. business is to con- collaborate. Don't be afraid of yes. your competition. Don't no. be afraid to reach out to people that offer something that you can benefit from because I'm sure that they can benefit from something that you offer. Absolutely. And Austin is like the best place to own a business. I've like connected yes. way more in Austin than I ever did in California. It yep. is crazy. I know. I, I mean, even just like the little girls get together we had at the lake. That was you know, super fun. Like that, it was. It was great, and it's so important. Like, community is number one for me, and I, I've definitely found my community. And I don't know what I would do without them. Yeah, I know. We need to do like a <laughs> fall get together. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> Pumpkin. Then is there? <laughs> Yes. Is there anything else you want to leave the audience with? Any tips, tricks, awesome stories, just anything? Uh, Be yourself. Be uniquely you and don't be afraid to be yourself. Um, Yeah. And then shameless plug. Like if you want photos done, I am your hype girl. So I can definitely help take your page and your business to the next level. I've done it numerous times and I think yeah something I did talk about in the beginning of this intro I wasn't on the conversation with you but Mm -hmm. I did elaborate on my photo shoot with you and it instantly does boost your business I have talked to people who don't have headshots and Mm -hmm. you don't realize how many times as a business owner you need headshots until you have headshots yes (laughs) and it just elevates your social media like yeah camera photos are great your iPhone's amazing but for your website, when you need a big-ass photo on your website, you can't blow those photos up. No, it'll be grainy AF. <laughs> yes, and it just looks like shit. So it is so important, and it doesn't have to be expensive. I kind of went over this in the oh. intro, but yes, it is but, so crucial for every business owner. And I think also just, you know, sometimes people may hear photo shoot and they get nervous. One thing that I feel like sets me apart is I actually will send you a photo prep guide before to make you comfortable, to know like different steps, walk you through things, different poses. And I'm here to make you comfortable in front of the camera. I know it sometimes can be really awkward for people, but that's what I'm here for. I will walk you through every single step of the way. You'll have a prep guide. I give you all the tips and tricks. And I've worked with people who are so camera shy and yeah, me. Just, I'll, <laughs> I'll, you know what? I'll shout her out, whatever. She won't hate me. She's my pal, but I shoot with Amy from sushi girl ATX. I love her. Go to her for all of your Austin, like food stuff. She's an amazing food blogger, but I do her photos. She's been my client for a long time now. And the first photo session, she was so rigid and so nervous. And like, she was just so like, felt so awkward behind the, in front of the camera. And I will tell you, working with her now, she comes to photo sessions and she is just like, bam, bam, bam. And she's like, oh my, like, you made me feel so comfortable. And that's something I hear time and time again that I really, really like am proud of myself for because having some fun photos done of yourself can really add a boost to that confidence and just your morale. Well, and it's surprising too, because like you might envision yourself like, oh, I feel fat today. Mm-hmm. I have this huge pimple on my face. I yeah. just so many different things. And then you get a photo back and you're like, wow, like I was really skinny that day. Well, <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's all about poses. And that is one thing I'm an expert on is knowing people's angles and poses and how to create those angles for them. So if maybe they are a little more self-conscious about, 
you know, weight or whatever, which I feel like everyone is beautiful and own your skin, but things to make yourself look leaner or longer. There's so many poses and so many tips that, that I bring to the table for that. Um, and, and like pimples, like we can edit that out. No worries. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm a testimonial for that too, because you made me feel very comfortable in the photo shoot and I am camera shy. So <laughs> you did. Awesome. Thank you. Um, okay. A few more things, just local shout outs. Um, I like to do local shout out and just give someone else some spotlight. What's your favorite place to eat in Austin? Oh my God. This is so hard. Um, okay. Um, I have a lot of favorite places, but I'm going to shout out 101 Tea House for that. Okay. What do you Um, like there? Oh my God. I love their like fried chicken dish. I love their curry and I love their bubble tea. And they're like the sweetest. The the guys who own it are amazing. Favorite place to shop. Oh, okay. All right. Favorite place to shop is in Georgetown, Texas, and it is called Urban Cottage. And I get a ton of my clothing there. If you see me in hats, more than likely that is where it is from. And it is mother-daughter owned. I'm a huge supporter of women-owned businesses. And they're amazing. So I would definitely shout them out. And then give a beauty girl a shout out. Hair girl, whatever. Oh, Absolutely. Okay. So my hair girl is Allie. Um, all right. Allie, so green Allie salon. Sorry. And her name is Sarah. And she what's is her Instagram? Do you know it? Yeah, it is. I think there might be an underscore. So let me check. Sorry, guys. Okay. It is Sarah S A R A H underscore green Allie salon. And I get questions about my hair all the time, so many compliments, and I I owe it all to this girl. I am telling you, she is a miracle worker. Not just anybody can get someone who has brown hair this blonde and looking great. Um, but I was she... I scrolled through your entire Instagram because I was trying to find content to post on um, yeah. my podcast Instagram, and I never knew you had brown hair. I can't imagine you with brown hair. Yes, I see, and that's me. People think I'm naturally blonde. That's all, Sarah. And so you're naturally actually, brunette. I am naturally a dark brunette. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! I would totally that's... think you're natural blonde. No, she's that good, um, and she's just a sweetheart. Um, she does my hair, and also for my birthday on on Sunday, I'm doing a 50s theme, and she's coming over to do my hair, and I'm so excited. We are going to go all out. So, Ooh, I can't check wait. Out her. I highly recommend Green Alley Salon, and they're taking all the proper precautions and wearing masks. We're wearing masks, so I felt very safe, and they're like spacing out people's appointments, which is great. So it's not like jam packed, and you're not going to be sitting next to someone getting their hair done. Amazing. Well, um, that's all I have. I'm so happy and just glad that you shared your story. I think it's very important to hear and very powerful. And I hope people, you know, take some great things away from this and seek the help that they need to get if they're in those dark places. And then Mm -hmm. having you to be able to reach out to as well. Absolutely. Amazing. My DMs are always open. Well, thank you so much, Erin. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This was fun. Yeah. See, it wasn't that bad, right? No, it was awesome. Thank you so much. Once you get going, you get into a flow and then it just becomes natural. But in the beginning, I'm like, oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. You're welcome. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Bye.
thank you again for listening. Um, I hope you got some awesome takeaways and you learned something new and this just helped your life in some way. This podcast is mainly about business, but the lessons and discussions in this podcast can be applied to so many aspects in your life. I have a new episode every Sunday, and if you liked this episode, please subscribe and leave me a review. Also, follow me on Instagram at Don't Call Me Girl Boss. See you next Sunday.